We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs and Moneyball After Dark. We are coming to you Sunday night, May 15th at about 9.30, and we're coming to you following perhaps what is it's the most improbable road win by I don't think I've seen a game like this in the NBA period Dallas Mavericks or otherwise for anybody that's under a rock and is listening to this at some point the Mavericks went on the road in Phoenix where they have not won since 2019 and proceeded to beat the Suns at one point their largest lead was 46 okay (laughs) I don't even know how to contextualize this game. I actually messaged Josh about halfway through the third quarter, and I was like, so I don't know how the Mavericks are doing this on defense. Can you help? Because I like I didn't know how to write about it because it's just, what in the world? So, uh, so yeah. let's just start. Yeah, let's start there. What in the heck did the Mavericks do on defense? Well, I think the main thing is they were just very good with their help and rotations. I mean – there is a sequence that is like emblematic of these last five, four or five games where Devin Booker uh, runs a pick and roll to get Davis Bertans on him. And Bertans kind of backs up and then meets him at the point of attack around like the, the nail or close to the paint as Booker thinks he can just kind of drive right by him for a layup. Bertans meets him there and Booker doesn't really know what to do because I think he thought oh, I've got Bertans on me. I'm going to get an easy look. And Bertans closes the gap. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. He just moves his feet and, and keeps his hands up and doesn't get beat, meets him around the paint, and Booker just kind of flails around and passes the ball out, and it's a turnover. And that's kind of been these last four games is the Mavericks just – the even the weakest links, I feel like everyone's just kind of 
you know, like they say the, you know, what's the old adage, like on, a, on they're kind of on a chain on a rope, like the, all five guys were in unison. I mean, this was a team defensive effort. If I've ever seen one, obviously a lot of credit to Maxi and Dorian and Reggie Bullock. I mean, those guys are, are monsters, what they're able to do. And, and that also is part of it. I mean, when you have two wing defender, you know, the sun's offensive machine is Booker and Paul. And then the rest are role players that kind of, you know, it trickles down from there. I mean, the Mavericks were able to put two guys that couldn't get, you know, they couldn't beat them one-on-one with, with Bullock and Finney Smith. That helps out everyone else because now, you know, it's harder for the Suns to pick out matchups because, you know, they've got a high-quality defender to start on those two guys for the entire game. I mean, Bullock was playing Chris Paul like three-quarters court for like the last five games. I mean, that absolutely has to matter against a guy like Paul mm-hmm. who kind of likes to control the pace. But like tonight, it was just... I was just seeing guys step up and rotate. No one was getting beat one-on-one. And then, you know, this is part of it, and this is not me trying to discount the Mavericks at all, but to get a 46-point lead in a game seven on the road, your opponent has to kind of crap the bed a little bit, and the Suns imploded spectacularly tonight. So here's kind of my take on the on the imploding. I had been asked by, you know, lots and lots of people. Like like Matt Moore was basically telling me before the game, he's like, I have no idea what to recommend on this game because the Mavericks keep winning, but they keep winning. Like the the numbers are all closer than they ought that than one might expect and this sort of thing. And so it's like, well, here's what I told him. I said, my prediction for game seven, if the Mavericks sort of win, is that Luca has a regression to the mean game from three. And that that puts the Suns on their heels, and the and the Suns are unable to respond. In essence, you called it, man. That's what happened. Yeah. The you only did. thing was the Suns never counterpunched. No. It, it, it it opened up because you know Luca hit two early threes, and that caused a a like a collective ass clinch moment for for the Suns. Um, and really in that first quarter, the the Mavericks they ended up being up by 30 at half. They could have been up by 45. There were so many like unbelievably wide open misses. I want to say at halftime, it was Brunson, um, Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney Smith were something like one of 12 from three, something like that. Like it was, it it never got better. (laughs) And and the Mavericks were up by 30 at half. And, And so, so what, what happened there is the, in the part that I was not expecting, and we just have to do this right now is welcome to the playoffs, Spencer Denwitty, who <laughs> hit two open threes, early threes, which furthered the cracks in the sun's game plan. Because if you have to step out to guard Spencer from three, that was when Spencer started getting into the lane. And when he started getting into the lane, the game was over. I mean, you said this, I didn't realize it. At halftime, Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic had 48 of the Mavericks' 57 points. No other Maverick had showed up. <laughs> no, it was funny because if you just kind of looked at the if you looked at the box score but didn't look at the the actual score of the game, and you'd be like, "Hey, this is what it's like in a game seven on the road." Be like, "Oh, it's like the Clippers series all over again, where like you know no one really shows up, and it's Luka kind of on an island, uh, and all the role players are kind of crapping their pants, and it's just." It's kind of, that kind of happened except for you know those two Brunson and Dinwiddie were just so spectacular that I guess no one else really needed to, to do much offensively I mean Bullock and, and, and Finney Smith still finished the game for combined 10 points and they each made only one three-pointer and the mm-hmm. Mavericks went 19-39 from three as a team uh, Dinwiddie 
Doncic and Brunson had 13 of their 19 three-pointers. Um, and didn't you say I think Brunson had made three threes all series? He made two tonight. He was he was three of 18 as of halftime for the series. And then he <laughs> made, let's see here. I'm looking at the box score. I mean, he finished with two. So yeah, he made so two, he in, the had two in the second half. Yeah. And I had been kind of on one, and you and I have been on this all year, where it's like we want Brunson to shoot like five threes a game. Yes. Just, just need like uh, more <laughs> really That's good the catch and shoot. Yeah. I mean, cause he shot looking at this, like he shot 11 or 15, two pointers. Like he was still incredibly efficient. It's not a criticism. It's no. just, he's a good shooter. So we want good shooters to shoot. Yeah. And then it's so, I'm just looking like the Mavericks only had 14 assists on 46 made buckets. I mean, this is this the stupidest was, box score. Th- this is not, I mean, this is not total what they, free throws. Yeah, this was not what they did in games three and four. I mean, mm-hmm. games three and four was Lucas spreading them out, uh, getting Aiton on an island and picking out shooters. This game was the Suns, you know, they they kept their defensive strategy from game five, which is, okay, we're not going to have Aiton play some weak side corner shooter. We're just going to let him be in the pick and roll, but we're just going to switch, let Aiton guard Luca one-on-one and and – we're gonna hope, you know, we're gonna bet that Luca won't make the step backs, and then Luca won't be able to score in the paint against Satan one on one. And well, Luca made the step, Luca made the step backs, and didn't he made the step backs, and then then the Suns didn't know what to do. They just they 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 melted down after, like you said, after Luca kind of broke their preferred defensive strategy. It's this is this is just it's a legacy kind of game building game, like it's it's the sort of thing where where everybody is going to look at this year from now and not understand how this happened because you know I, I got one guy his name's jamal he's in my mentions after every game appreciate you jamal who who is he's like saying you need to say the the mavericks are the better team the mavericks are i don't know if i believe that but i will tell you right now they're playing like the better team okay and that's all that really matters at any given point because I, I think we'll find out maybe that Chris Paul was hurt a little bit, but the way the Mavericks shut Booker down on defense and then found offense is just nothing short of remarkable. And I think we're going to watch this game again. And when you do, if you do any sort of post game analysis, you know, you wrote in the last game that they won game six, where it's like, they just gave the ball to the Mavericks and that happened <laughs> again tonight. And, and it was just, the Mavericks really could have won by more. I mean, the Suns yeah. had a, a whopping, I guess the Suns only turned it over 12 times. Um, it felt like that a lot of live ball turnovers. Yeah. And, and just the way these guys did this, I don't – it's just breathtaking because – Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say, it probably felt like they had more turnovers because some of the shots the Suns were taking were basically turnovers in the first half. I you mean, it, it looked was... like. It looked <laughs> like the Mavericks in game five. Yeah, it did. Yeah, uh, what in the world? It, it's crazy. Um, I, I mean, I think we should have, in hindsight, looking back. I mean, that game two post game presser with Booker and Paul, like that. I think that moment should have maybe. I mean, there were some people at the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of people kind of jumping on that post game presser and be like, "You guys haven't done anything yet." Blah 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 blah. There, mm-hmm. there are people that definitely picked up on it, but I didn't really. I just was kind of shrugged it off but like in in retrospect i mean that's where the series turned i mean after game two i mean the mavericks dominated the series they went four out of five even though the suns you know blew up in game five i mean how many it's gonna a a remarkable stat is gonna be 
from games three to seven out of the total minutes played, how many minutes the Mavericks led. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, because they basically led all of game three. They led all of game four. And they led all of game six. And they led all of game seven. I mean, these wins, the Mavericks, these four wins the Mavericks have had were like the opposite of fluke. I mean, they literally just dominated the Suns. And just going back, I mean, we should have probably called it. I mean, the way that the Suns were acting after game two, they totally thought the series was over. They totally thought that they could get by with a B or C effort and close out the series in five or six games and not worry, or four or five games and not worry about it. I mean, it's obvious. And I'm, I'm not trying to like get into narrative you know we like to try to talk about like what's on the floor sure. uh but i mean it, it's it was so egregious and so like you could just see the point of demarcation so clearly after that game two win I, I it's hard for me to believe anything else and the one thing that we've said about this mavericks team for the last what since the calendar turned to 2022 and since they've turned it around is that say what you will even in losses but this team just they're they're ir- they're irritating like they just mm-hmm. there's been very few games where they get their doors blown off uh and they don't at least make a fight of it you know even in the utah losses they kept those games close you know obviously games two and five in this series were not close but game one was a, was gonna be a blowout and they clawed it back to like a seven point game at the end like like you cannot play against this mavericks team and expect to just kind of walk into an easy win even if you're more talented and you're gonna get you're gonna beat them they're not going to give it like they just don't give it to you like and and the Suns thought they had it and that's a, a lot of a lot of players in that Suns locker room have some some reflection to, reflecting to do and and some growing up to do I think after that game I, I there were just there were so many nerves to start the game for both sides and the fact that the Suns never settled and only got tighter. Yeah. Is, it's going to be crazy to watch on like Chris Paul missed an elbow jumper to start the game. That is his bread and butter. And I thought at the time, this is either outstanding or foreboding in the sense of he's going to bury them in the fourth quarter, you know, kind of one of those mm-hmm. like bounce back things. And he just never came back. I mean, I was just because I'm a petty shit. I was looking up Devin Booker stats as you were talking <laughs> in game six and seven, he was nine of 31 from the floor. Five assists to twelve turnovers. Yeah, not I mean, great. He's he's not like like I've been very patient and kind and respectful to the Suns because I think they're a very good team. Like Bridges might be my like third favorite player in the league, but Luca is a different star level player than Booker. And anyone that says otherwise doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. I don't think anyone's going to be saying it after this series for for a little not, bit too. No. Um, yeah, but it also goes to show. Uh, I mean, before Paul got to the Suns team, they were what a perpetual twenty to thirty-five win team. Yeah, he right? dragged them into relevance so, by right. instilling some sort of some sort of um, just professionalism in them. Right. And and whew. when 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 Paul fell off after Game Two, when he was basically not giving them anything, you started to see the cracks of that. 28 29 win team that Booker has perpetually been on Dude, before God Paul, that's a right? good take like that's what this team kind of looked like in these last five games they looked like the Suns before Paul and Paul it was because Paul wasn't doing anything man man he just kind of fell off a cliff <laughs> you, you that I don't know if you can write about that but <laughs> I mean, that's, maybe. that's a little uh pet like it's not it's a feel thing but yeah damn. 
that's what it felt like to me. I mean, there's a lot of guys like you know, take Paul off this off this roster. I mean, obviously Bridges is an accomplished college player, uh, but I mean, he still this was still you know his second playoff run. A lot of these guys' first playoff run was uh, last season. I don't think the Suns played a game seven in in the playoffs last year too. So. I mean, outside of Paul and, and you know, Jay Crowder and maybe a little bit JaVale McGee, but, I mean, you're, you're scratching the bottom of the barrel of the roster with McGee. I mean, there's a lot of pups on this team in terms of, like, not being through veteran wars. And I guess the, on the counter side, which is really weird, is the Mavericks can – you could say the same thing about mm. the Mavericks. Like, how many how many wars have Finney Smith and Bullock and Powell and Mac – like, you know, the, this playoff run with Luka is all their playoff experience. But I guess – the difference is, is Luca has been playing in high leverage games since he was 17 years old. So maybe that's let's, the you know what. Let's circle back to that <laughs> because that's a great point. I, I had that as something I wanted to bring up. I adore our Slovenian and overseas fans because they are lunatics in the best way possible. Like what I prescribe fandom to be like, I'm much more similar to that than a lot of American basketball fans who are driven by numbers and goat status and all sorts of other horse shit. Like I am in the moment basketball, like lunatic. And one of the things that people have been saying to me this whole time is like, Luca has played in higher pressure games than this. What are you talking about? And I agree. (laughs) I've never once said any, you know, it, it like Lucas had to play in games probably where he has had concerns for his personal safety. So, you know, the Phoenix, the angry Phoenix Suns fans are not really yeah, going to nothing. To him. <laughs> I mean, there was a shitty quote from Charles Barkley before the game where, you know, he, he was criticizing Luca for like doing the, like some pregame media where he's like, I would have turned that down. And it's like, it's because he doesn't care. He doesn't like, like, this is not a, it, <laughs> he, I mean, when I say yeah. he doesn't care, I mean he—he he, like the pressure is not a thing for Luca. Luca right. sometimes gets overly wrapped up in his own emotions, but external pressures are not really a thing for Luca Doncic, as far as I've been able to tell. Yeah, and I mean honestly, we might this might be the first time we maybe see it in the NBA. With like, you can probably start to argue now that these Western Conference Finals games he's going to play are nearing like a level i mean obviously not a level of like environment craziness you know because you just can't compare a european crowd and, Ameri- and an american yeah. crowd but in terms of like importance and stature like now we're starting to get into it's it. cool but, but but like a second you know you're right like what does a second round playoff series mean compared to him you know playing in a in a euro championship final game like i mean you're right. It's just it's it's a it's almost apples and oranges. But now we're, we're getting closer. We're getting where this is going to definitely be. Uh, we're much closer to him playing in, in games where we can finally wonder. Okay, is this is the moment going to get to him or not? I mean, I, I know oh, my answer well, is, but <laughs> here's my spicy take. Yeah, we ain't going to see it in the Western Conference Finals. He's going to put the he's going to put the Warriors in prison. Yeah. They they have nothing to bother him. Kevon Looney might be the best Luka defender on that team. How's that for a spicy hot take? Because he he loves he loves shooting over big men from three. Draymond Green, best team defender probably in NBA history. Unbelievable basketball player. Luka will crush him like a grape. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just we just watched the Warriors lose a fifty point game to a Grizzlies team without Jaw, and then they kind of had to scratch and claw uh, to yeah. close them out at home. So. That's not to say the Warriors no. can't go ballistic on the Mavericks, no, but I'm no, saying no, just no. in terms of a Luka Doncic game, like this, like Nick Wright of Fox Sports is going to have a field day because there there might not, there's no one, you know, 
I don't want to look ahead too much because we're going to be talking about that in coming days. But I'm like, I went from being, I went from being, you know, really concerned just because the path, the path to the Western Conference Finals was always really difficult. I know everyone's not going to like this because granted, just 28 experts from ESPN all wrongly predicted this series and we wrongly predicted this series. But the Suns are a really good basketball team that the Mavericks punched in the mouth enough to get them to cry uncle. Now they're about to play somebody who I'm feeling very confident that they can defeat. Yeah, I mean, you can argue that the Mavericks, I mean, the Mavericks just beat their hardest matchup in the playoffs going forward. Um, The one thing I will say is the Mavericks, and this is going to be very interesting going back to playing a team like the Warriors after they just played a team like the Suns, you know, the Mavericks so far in this playoffs, if you want like an overall trend, they are winning the math battle. I mean, the in the first round series, the whole talk was the Mavericks are running the Suns off the three-point line, forcing them to take floaters and and and, and paint shots. And the Mavericks are just going to keep running their stuff and bombing away. And you just looked at the three-point make discrepancy in that first round, and it almost told the story of every single game. Same mm-hmm. thing for this one, except, you know, the difference is the Mavericks didn't have to work as hard to run the Suns off the line because the Suns just naturally don't shoot a lot of three-pointers. Now they're going back to a team that likes to shoot threes. So there's, you know, the one thing about Phoenix is, and the one thing I think why the Mavericks were able to get on top of the Suns and never relinquish in, in games three, four, uh, and six and seven is because the Suns don't have the firepower for comeback because they just don't shoot threes. Um, the Warriors do. So I... I I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the Mavericks kind of react now that they're going back to playing a team that will shoot threes. And, you know, are we going to have to look at some of that Utah tape and how the Mavericks ran them off the three-point line and contained? Is that going to be a similar strategy? So I'm just curious. Uh, I think that's going to be a way bigger thing than we we just weren't used to watching the series because the Suns don't shoot shoot threes. I mean, good Lord, it was a closeout game and they, you know, they were 12 of 34 They and they needed threes and they still didn't shoot a ton of threes compared to, you know, maybe what they should have. But the, but the jazz shot a lot of threes, right? So that's why I'm saying it is this, what are the Mavericks going to have to do what they did against the jazz and run them off the run the warriors off the three point line a bunch. Like, I think that's going to be maybe one of the keys to the series. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Man, what's <laughs> the conference finals. I mean, you, you. I mean, they just beat the only sixty-one team in the NBA. I mean, it's do we do we want to do we want to tell everybody about what we talked about in the post pregame or in the pre pre-show because it's funny. Yeah we, at this can, point. yeah, we can. Okay, so way back, I don't know, month or so ago, Josh had to move, and I made the joke that the Mavericks were going to make the finals because Josh had to move. Because anybody that's had to move as an adult, it's it's just the worst life. <laughs> life experience outside of like disease and death it's horrible moving is awful <laughs> um it, it it's just such an upsetting process you fight with who you're, whoever your partner's with whoever's helping you it sucks and so i just made that joke and then the mavericks have proceeded to play really well then honestly they made it the second round and my wife and i made the decision to get a puppy and we made a decision to get the puppy in no small part because i said i just don't see them winning this series that's like y'all are gonna kill me for this it's okay i said it before like I'm pretty sure I, I I picked like Suns and Six. I'm glad to be wrong. Like I'm delighted to be wrong. It's not the point. And then Josh told me before the game he had a uh, he has a commitment next weekend that he just hadn't brought up because why would we have talked about playing in the Western yeah. Conference Finals? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 
The universe is, has a sense of humor, that's for sure. It does. But you know what? We are going to continue to churn out content until we die, which might be sooner than you think, <laughs> um, because we've just been cooking with gas at MavsMoneyBall.com. We were burning the candle the at both ends. I mean, I didn't record. I've been recording these Mavs Moneyball dailies, and I just didn't record one last night because I've been exhausted. I went to bed at 10.15 last night. I, wow. You know me. I'm like a 2.30 a.m. guy, and I'm just cooked. And and we're just gonna have to keep it. So it's like I'm sorry for for that not being in your feet. I hope everybody doesn't mind. But I'll get back on my high horse this week, and we're gonna have a ton of shit. We have a lot of stuff because I don't think the the first game starts until Wednesday. Um, I'm pretty sure about that. Though don't quote me. Uh, and and you know Josh and I'll be back with some stuff. I'm sure you know we're gonna have lots of things to write. Our guy Matthew Phillips is like chomping at the bit to the point where we're probably gonna have to tell him to not write some stuff. So. <laughs> Leave some stuff for other people. All right, guys. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. Josh, you got anything before we go? Nah, just enjoy it. Like, yep. Just like Lucas said, uh, you know, he's going to enjoy this win tonight, and then tomorrow it's all about the Warriors. Well, Mavs fans, you don't have any games to play, so just, man, just if, the, if there's one last thing I want to say, it's that you know, last season the Atlanta Hawks made an improbable run to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think everyone and their dog thought, like, mm-hmm. okay, that's the next rising team in the East. And I'm not trying to make a dour point, but I'm just saying, obviously, things didn't work out for the Hawks yep. this season. So the point is, is just enjoy the moment in the moment and try not to think about the future as much. Could try not, not think about what it means. What just a great point. Enjoy the ride because you don't know where the ride's going to go. So you just you just take it as it comes. I, I really like this point. I've had to stein, I've had to tell many a fan on the on the Spotify live where I'm just like, I don't really want to talk about Brunson's contract. Like, can we not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's an off season discussion. It's not That's the right. Off season yet. Let's live with this. <laughs> All right, team. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. Be sure to check out Mavs Moneyball. Be sure to tell your friends. Be sure to subscribe and like and leave reviews. We appreciate all those things. We will talk to you a little later in the week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.